This is Flipping Tables, a podcast about technology, gaming, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Edwards. And I'm your other host, David Lyons. And as always, you can find show notes at flippingtablespodcast.com for this episode at a 024 after the slash. Um, and there, there's comments, there's show notes, there's other episodes. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. Um, we do have some follow-up today. So um, there was some mishap with our RSS feed actually a couple weeks ago. And uh, as I was tinkering with the new feed, it was sort of discovered that that was also a little bit messed up. So in any case, everything should be good now. If you are a subscriber from a long time ago, you probably have our feed burner feed, which is dead, which is why you're not hearing this and you're, on, you're back <laughs> on episode 18 or something. Um, but just head to our website and you can actually get the new RSS feed there. Poor feed burner. They served such an important purpose in the world, and then Google was just like, eh. Yeah. We're, we're also unleashing a lot more social media on all of you, so that we're, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus with separate Flipping Tables accounts now. So you can follow us and the show as its own entity. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, we're also going to post every episode of YouTube now. Yes, which is apparently a thing. Yeah. Apparently, and I have, I have to give you a little nod. So, if you've never seen any of Mike's visual work, um, he gets down into the pixels and like moves <laughs> things back and forth until they're exactly right. And the the art behind the the audio on YouTube is like it's it's lovely. <laughs> so you have to at least go look at it. <laughs> you do, even if you don't listen. Well, I think because I, you went in reverse order while you were. Yeah, and I think I was immediately sold by the McRib, just this beautiful like 1080p McRib photograph <laughs> yeah. behind the title. There's not a lot of 1080p or better photos of the McRib to be found, but you found one. It's, yes, it's great, and it was one on a transparent background, so I, <laughs> it was just the so, McRib. So that's a composite image. Yeah, this is the amount of work that goes into this show. It is loving. If this was like a hipster startup, it would say like lovingly crafted in Denver. Yeah, with a lot of emoji. We, we need that tagline now. We do. Okay, that'll be at the bottom in the the, the footer. So, so you you shared this salon article with me about streaming services killing music, and it's not just killing music. It's killing everything except pop music mm -hmm. because streams are pay per stream right so like if you spotify if you don't listen to any bach then the company that puts out that particular bach mix doesn't get any money right right well the interesting thing about this article is that pop music and the way classical and jazz and some other genres credit themselves let's just say pop music is way simpler it's Britney Spears, oh. and here's the song. Yes. Yeah. And, and classical music, it's like, well, who conducted it, and who wrote it, and right. who who's playing it, and like, which one do you refer to? Do you just you just want Bach, and you don't care who's conducting and who <laughs> did this arrangement of it, or, and right. so forth? And so, that what this leads to on streaming services is a huge discoverability problem. Because you can't just say, yeah, check out the new Fleet Foxes, and then right. you figure it out. And then there it is. <laughs> yeah. And that it's it's basically making every th people disappear. They're they're like ghosts if you're not in a more mainstream genre. Yeah. See, this is this is definitely an interesting problem because with classical music, I mean, I'm I'm not a huge music person, but I mean, I do you know I did choir and stuff, so we sang a lot of classical music, and I never thought about this. Like <laughs> all of our streaming services are designed around pop music i mean they all have you know search by artist or search by album and those are fairly modern constructs like no one i mean i i think of like beethoven as he's a composer yeah. but in like the modern cd jacket kind of way he's not an artist like yeah it's not like oh i just picked up the new beethoven <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know he's dead, but, but I mean, even then, like, you wouldn't have thought of it that way because it's like, oh, this is Beethoven conducting the Munich 
orchestra and this is Beethoven conducting the Paris orchestra. Like mm-hmm. it would be two completely different they things. They had a bigger trumpet section that day. I love this version. Or- right. Yeah, or this is Beethoven conducting these specific virtuosos who are also famous in yeah. their own right. So that's it's a really interesting problem and I don't because know. Because it's, it's an art film that recognizes there's a tons of people involved <laughs> yeah. in making music instead yes. of just the figurehead. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> but I don't I don't know if anyone will bother to solve this problem. Because this is it's you're talking about a niche Hipsters market. Hipsters rejoice. You get to go, you've probably never heard of this That's for an entire genre. Hipsters. <laughs> but I mean like who is gonna take the time to solve this problem for virtually no profit? Right. I, I don't know. I mean, well, there. I mean, artists are feeling the pain too because people. the The result of Spotify is whether it's a symptom or a cause is that people just don't pay for music much anymore. Right. Like I think Weird Al won number one album for selling like a hundred thousand copies. He would have been like in the twentieth place, yes, ten or twenty years ago for yeah. that amount of sales. Which, that was his first number one on Billboard. Yeah, he, he got all choked up. And apparently, comedy albums are almost never number one. Exactly. Yeah. So not only was it a number one for him, but it was like almost a number one for his, his entire genre. Yeah. But yeah, so that's. I mean, I, and so, but where were you? Would you go get it? But as a a niche neo funk weird <laughs> avant-garde artist you could still sell cds you would tour and you'd, you'd be able to sell 10 or 15 dollar cds on the road and people don't even want to buy cds anymore and so you're like undiscoverable through streaming revenue which doesn't pay very well anyway even if you're an artist because you're getting screwed in the new deals <laughs> and you also don't have your old 20th century model because people don't want to buy cds anymore so is part of the problem here the deal that your label makes with these companies because if you if you're the boston pops can you just say you know what our music's available on streaming but nobody's going to listen to it there so we also sell it and that's where and people who want to buy classical music know to yeah. people who if you want, want buy, the yeah. finest cheese you yeah, can't you just know. go to kroger <laughs> <laughs> take that kroger <laughs> But I mean, like people who want to listen to the Boston Pops, it doesn't solve the discoverability, but I don't think it would hinder their sales. Like if I go to Spotify and I can't find the Boston Pops or the London Symphony Orchestra, then I'll go to Amazon MP3 or But I don't, th- I don't think people are making that leap of, oh, I got to buy it now. It's, I just don't buy stuff. And so since it's not on Spotify, I'm just not going to listen to it. So you think <laughs> for such a... a well, that's what the artists are saying yeah. in this article, that people aren't buying CDs like they used to. See, I could see this being a problem going forward, but if five years ago I had to go buy classical albums because that was the only way to get it, nothing's changed for me as a consumer of classical music. I can't get it on streaming if I want to listen to it. So this, It's just most of you have changed. <laughs> yes, I guess that's it. And I guess you could also argue that even for someone who has a history of buying these non-MTV albums, if they also like pop music and they've gotten into the world of streaming, then maybe they're like, eh, maybe I just won't listen that much classical. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll just jazz, whatever. I'll just, <laughs> this is all Britney Spears all the time. But I do think you brought up the, the agreements labels have been making, and that is definitely part of the problem because... They are able to define things in a way where I think a lot of the issues brought up in this article are the data sharing is not there. So you don't even know if you're getting screwed out of royalties because the way they report out on stuff. Yeah. So (laughs) is it that nobody's making money or is it that only the label is making money? And you know that the artists are in the dark, but the label is like, no, we're going to make money. I think labels are making a lot less money. With streaming and Ain't then broke. and then they're like, who who do we cut off right away? Oh, the source of the only reason we exist. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like using your crew to fill the holes in your ship. So, like, I'll just there's a hole in the wood. I'll just cram a crew member in there. So I guess this article is interesting to me as an example of a concept I've been encountering in some other parts of tech that disruption is not always good it's just disruption yeah and so streaming is awesome for us 
but it may have unintended consequences on the art form, which maybe in 30 years will be like, it was all for the better. We're at this <laughs> new place of awesomeness, but it's a kind of a painful transition for some. It definitely is. And so that brings up two, two interesting points for me. The first one is, and I know I am not representative, so I'm, I'm just getting that out there. I am not the norm in this case. If I really want to, say, watch a particular TV show and it's not on one of the streaming services that I pay for, I don't torrent it. I just don't watch it. Yeah. So, like... You're not entitled to it. Right. But, I mean... You're just angry at their bad business model. Yeah. I mean, I'm entitled to be angry, but, like, I won't torrent it. I won't um, buy it if it's an amount of money I'm not willing to spend, Um and then if I, you know, I'll wait and just stream it eventually. Like, the Lego movie is a great example. Like, I really want to see that damn movie. <laughs> but I don't want to buy it because I'm just not interested in owning it. Maybe I will. How many movies it. do you watch more than once? Not a lot. It's a so, short list. Yeah. So, so like, I don't, I don't want to buy Ender's it. Game it's, is on that list? No. There, there are a few. <laughs> but, I mean, so I just, like, I, I'm just like, oh, well, I guess I just don't get to watch it or listen to it or whatever. And I know most people don't feel that way. They end up torrenting it or they, you know, buy it and then they're not happy because it's just on the shelf forever. Um, and then the other thing that that kind of brings up the streaming thing is, and I can't remember where I first heard this argument, but the argument is these these artists are not making a lot of money, but let's assume for a minute that if the labels cut them a fairer deal or if the labels were not involved at all, they could make a living wage. Then the argument is, is that enough? And I've heard a lot of people who don't realize that their assumption is a musician should be rich, which is weird to me. Like there are just certain things like, actors, musicians, certain kinds of artists, you know, the, it's just like, well, if you wouldn't do that profession unless you succeed, it made you, you get a mansion, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like a weird, like, are these artists, and I honestly don't know, but I mean, are they starving to death or are they just not millionaires? Because <laughs> if I could do something that I supposedly love and is my life passion and make Fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. I don't a think year. they're making that much. I don't think they are either. But I'm saying, like, I think they're they're struggling that, to just work for Starbucks instead. <laughs> yeah, but would they consider that a balance? Like, did they get into this industry with the assumption that they would eventually be rich, or would they be happy to live like a comfortable middle class life? Because I mean, I I like what I do. I'm always willing to get paid more, but I know that psychologically, eventually, you hit a point where you won't work any harder for more money. You need yeah. other, like, intrinsic benefits. So, if you're listening, anyone who can give me a raise, feel free to give me a raise. <laughs> I'm just saying, I have not hit my, my cap Your yet. threshold. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Like, if you could do... If you could just make music all day, but make exactly the amount of money you make doing your day job, would you just make music all day? Maybe. Maybe? Music's not the only thing I want to do, though. Uh, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> so if, would you do music for a living for the amount of money you make at your day job, I guess? Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and also Starbucks on weekends. <laughs> Yeah, J Justin, keep making movies. <laughs> I will do sound checks. There you go, um, and start paying me. <laughs> so, um, what is? I'm, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt our reg regularly scheduled broadcast. What is this cat? I, I got it in Alaska at a gift shop, and it now sits on my desk. Okay. It's not a real cat. It for is. The listener, it is not. It is a soap stone. I don't know what I it think, is. I think it's like a resin mold. Okay, a resin molds as our <laughs> resident geologist. <laughs> so, yeah, basically there's an adorable little sleeping cat. Now I have cat. to imager some, uh, some of this for you the do. guests. Yes, there will be a picture of the cat in the show notes <laughs> for anyone who just can't give up their curiosity. And uh, I'll make sure the show notes don't explain it. Yeah, just cat. So we have a whole bunch of... So one of the things I did last week is I posted this ferocious, obnoxious-looking cat that was shrieking in horror <laughs> with the question, what tables need to be flipped? And we got a few responses. Um, and so maybe we can just pick from one of these. One was 3D movies. Someone wants us to flip that 2009 table. Um, <laughs> there's also just... Uh, 
Let's see. What else is on this list? Oh, um, what's the best hamburger you've ever had? That's a weird one. <laughs> Which is <laughs> not really part of our main topics, but maybe we can explore <laughs> no. that. But and uh, we, I want to do 3D movies. Though, okay. Because I am firmly on the side of 3D movies are awesome. Knowing full In well... In current implementation? Yes. Knowing full well I'm that they make everything... There. That's fine. <laughs> that's good. We're not just going to pat each other on the back and agree. But even though they make it darker, you know, they, they make the picture darker, you got to wear the yeah, stupid glasses. Yeah, that's a big glasses. problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, these are issues, but I love, I love the depth of field. I love it. Like, I didn't get the blues after I saw Avatar, like all those fake stories about people getting sad, but... I thought that movie was, it was like a C plus movie, but it was like a B plus movie with the 3D because it was like I'm there. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. Why not? Did, Why not? When you played 3DS, did you leave the 3D on? Um, most of the time, and the only reason I say not all the time is because a lot of time that I'm playing, I'm on the train. And the shaking means oh, yeah, you got to be an exact race. Exactly. Fire. So that wasn't, that's an artifact of the technology, not me, not appreciating the 3D. So I think what gets me about 3D is that it's not 3D enough. <laughs> that it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a little, uncanny valley. that, you know, when you're zooming through Middle Earth, um, not only is the image darker, but it's like, instead of like a full depth, it's, Here's three different layers. Here's the character as a flat thing. Here's the building they're near, and then there's the environment, and it's like a picture book. Oh, yeah, like and, a diorama. And so, in a way, <laughs> it makes big, vast views look small to me. Hmm. And so, it's actually less immersive. Because in 2D, I just don't think about it. There's only one layer now, but. Right. Yeah, and so, I- it's like I want it to be more immersive. <laughs> I don't think... I mean, I agree with you that I want it to be more immersive. Like, I definitely want to basically... Holodeck. Yeah, I want to basically go sit in the middle of the holodeck and watch a play unfold around me. Um, but I don't... This is a technology I am not of the mindset that we're not... It's not worth it enjoying yet. And so, I mean, I have this argument with friends all the time. Who I have a couple friends who have, like, a, like eye issues where they actually can't use the 3D glasses... And I found out during like the you know crazy 3D movie craze of a few years ago that they make unishutter glasses. So for anybody who doesn't know how modern 3D technology works, basically you have two polarized lenses, so the image can only get to one eye on each side. So your left eye only sees left image, right eye only sees the right image, even though it's not a close stereoscope mm-hmm. like an Oculus Rift. Well, they make glasses that both lenses are just polarized the same way. So you so, just don't get a 3D movie. Exactly. <laughs> but the, the thing is, you can buy these glasses for like 5 or 10 bucks on like ThinkGeek, and then if all of your friends drag you to a 3D movie, you just put these on. You're not going to be like, I'm going to save a few bucks, I'll see you <laughs> after your version of the movie. That's what I would do, because they're way more expensive. <laughs> and that's actually one of my few complaints is I don't care about the darkness and I don't really I don't see the 2D, you know, Paper Mario stack, but the fact that a movie is $11 and a 3D version is like 18 yeah. is not cool. Did you see The Hobbit in high frame rate? I did not okay. because uh the closest theater where I was living at the time uh was like a 35 mile drive and it just was not that important to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> going to see what you thought of that because that's no, one I, of the i made a point to find out where the yeah. closest theater was i wanted because everybody was complaining about it and they said it looked like soap opera smooth and i was yeah, like i'm does. going to see it in high frame rate no maybe not well that's the thing that people say will help 3d is higher frame rates because you notice the blurriness of film a lot more because you know say you see three layers and the characters moving in front and it's got a national a national a natural <laughs> motion blur from film being a slower frame rate and just being blurry um which is cinematic when you're watching normal movies but for some reason right. when it's like the background's in perfect focus but this little layer in front is blurring across yeah is it's yeah that's huh <laughs> i guess i did not think about that cuz I, I i either haven't noticed that or i haven't experienced it 
in a in a movie yet. But I will tell you this. I got a new television not that long ago, and it had the terrible Ugh. motion blur plus add-on thing. That doesn't it, count. That's not real high frame. We already flipped yeah, that table, but <laughs> we did. But it, the movie that I fr- I bought the TV, and then like the next day, the first main thing I watched on it was the second Hobbit, <laughs> and I was like two hours into this very long movie before I was just like. <laughs> Why does this look like crap? <laughs> like, I was so irritated. And I kept saying to Susan the entire time, I was like, this looks so bad. This looks so bad. It's no wonder people are ripping on this movie all the time. It looks so bad. And the reason I didn't notice before that is, one, I don't watch all that much television. And two, most of what I watch is actually cartoons. So something that's a flat color that's not moving a lot, you don't really notice this crap. And then we watched an episode of Breaking Bad, and I was like, this looks weird. Yeah. Something's wrong with the TV. And then we watched The Hobbit, and I was like, no, something is wrong. <laughs> and it's like, if 3D movies looked like that, you know, if, if they have that kind of buttery smoothness, that's unacceptable. They sort of do, but it's a little less of like, I feel like the way TVs do the fake high frame rate is it feels very ghostly. It's like a bad yeah. bad computer monitor trailing. Yeah, it does. Things. It's, it's everything's got the Windows 95 and cursor And that's because trail. it's literally blurring fake frames <laughs> in between everything that moves. But, I mean, I think there'd be a, a slight recognition of... Like, your body wants to go, ugh, this is a soap <laughs> opera. But it's not as ghosty. It's like, oh, no, they actually shot it at a high frame rate. It's weird, but it's not that bad. Right. So what do you think about the... I've heard people say that ultra-high frame rates make fake things look faker. Yes, they do. Do you Props have any idea look- why that is? <laughs> Is it because before the blurring was obscuring fine details and now you can see them? I don't know, like, the, the scientific reason, but it just looks more like props. You're just like, that's not a real axe. That's a plastic axe or whatever. <laughs> well, I heard it was Gandalf's staff, which I presume is some kind of plastic or resin mold or something. Resin. I got to say resin mold <laughs> twice in the same podcast. How weird. But, I, you know, it's it's probably not wood. You know, because, I mean, it's a very particular shape, and it's I think it's got power because the little crystal on top lights up. Because they want to be able to pour some mold into the yeah. shape of his staff. Exactly. Um, I doubt they spent the time. Even Peter Jackson did not grow a plant and shape <laughs> it that way. So... I heard a lot of people, you know, because, I mean, he's on screen a lot in The Hobbit. Like, he plays a really big role. He's way too much for well, what the story actually <laughs> That's has. true. But, I mean, people were saying, like, his staff just looked like a toy. They're like, it's almost like watching G.I. Joe, where you're like, I know I can go to the store and buy that yeah, staff. I think it's the high frame rate. It's sort of like you're watching an, an older BBC production like have you ever seen like the narnia bbc <laughs> productions maybe back and you're day. like it's so obviously on a stage and it's like very simple sets yeah. and you're like yeah that's not a real lamppost <laughs> i get hmm so we're definitely teetering on the edge of an uncanny valley suspension of disbelief kind and of so problem will, will animation and digital finally cross that bridge because we'll be sick of props looking bad well but i mean we i don't know about you but like i've gone to a lot of plays and seen a lot of stage musicals and stuff and i mean it you know you're in a theater watching a play you can see the curtain even like in your periphery but that all just kind of like fades away and you get immersed into the action of the story but it sounds like we've hit that point now where it's like things are so real that they're not real enough. <laughs> Hyper real. Yes. They need to be more realer so that you cross the, I know I'm watching a movie boundary. Mm-hmm. So to bridge off this topic of immersion, um, there's another thing that uh, a, a listener brought up was the idea of, so we talked the last episode about, how some people disable YouTube videos for mobile. Yeah, and they suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the one set of people that might do that for artistic reasons is filmmakers that don't want you to watch stuff on a four-inch screen. They want you to see it on a TV or a, a, a big screen of some kind. Yes. 
this to me falls pretty close to the, well, I don't really want you to stream this movie, so I'll only sell it to you as a collector's edition DVD. So unless you're willing to have the stupid little plastic circle sit on your shelf, (laughs) you don't get to see this movie. Because it's, I mean, it's their product, you know, their thing that they birthed (laughs) into the universe. So I understand they want to have control over how it's consumed, but... I, I think about this with books. Can you imagine if a publisher said this is a chase book? Like you have to if you're sitting in like a lazy boy, no, you can't read this book. <laughs> you have to be reclining on a chase because then you get the right mood and tone. If there was actually a practical way to enforce that, do you think some authors wouldn't try yes. to? <laughs> no, they totally would. Well, there's a nice video I included in the show notes of uh, it's uh, David Lynch saying why. And this was back in like 08, so when iPhone and Android phones were still kind of a new thing, um, saying that basically saying you can't be immersed in a movie if it's on a four-inch screen, and that he you you can watch it as many times as you want and think you're getting it, but you you are not experiencing the movie. He's basically saying you're not experiencing right. the movie. Sorry. Yeah, I mean that. I'm just going to tell you how you experienced it. <laughs> Does he at any point declare what would qualify as experiencing it? Because this to me sounds like the remove an atom from the table problem, you know? So it's like, what if I add another yeah. inch? Yeah, what if, what if it's a nine inch screen or a 10 inch screen? At 11 inches, am I experiencing the movie? It's one of those, he's pretty sure f- the, the phone size is not it. I mean, he doesn't have to have all... He should have all the answers, but he doesn't have to. David Lynch does not have all the answers. <laughs> Damn it, David Lynch. But, I mean, this... Let me say, I'm on his side in theory. I also agree that watching a movie on a phone is terrible, and I never do it. In fact, I've been on plane rides where I realized I didn't charge my tablet, or I thought I downloaded some podcasts and I didn't, and I have, like, a... A video file or something on my phone I'm like uh, no I'd rather stare out the window I would <laughs> rather actually just stare out the window than try and watch a movie on my phone mm-hmm. so I'm on his side in theory but if somebody wants to watch a crappy movie on their phone I think I mentioned before one of my friends is in the military and she has a lot of downtime where she's allowed to do whatever she wants so she carries like a ton of TV shows and stuff around on her phone because it's better than no, nothing. Because yeah, it's better than staring at the sky for hours. The movie projector you have with you is, the best is the best. that's right. Yeah. So I mean, like, if she was a huge David Lynch fan, it would be a bummer if she couldn't get his movies mm-hmm. and watch them on her. But that know. seems like a niche. But it right. But I mean, there are lots of people who. But watch I'd hate to have like worked for a year or more crafting. A cinematic experience, and then people kind of glance at it on a phone and go, "Man, it was all right." And I'm like, "Is this yeah. not the exact same argument as the Pono music player, or Maybe. at least really close?" <laughs> Maybe. I mean, as a, someone who puts out music, it does break my heart that people will probably hear it streaming on a crappy laptop speaker <laughs> with no bass and no dynamic range and right. it's just like squealing out of this high pitched <laughs> and so you spend hours making you know EQing and mixing this thing to be glorious and then it's just going to come out of this tinny piece of crap so breaks my heart a little bit <laughs> no no real practical way to say I mean, like, it's a classic thing because uh, I get demos or I share stuff with other people. Is this sentence appears in musicians' emails a lot of, like, use headphones or, like, you know, right. go to your favorite car or stereo. Like, please give this a real <laughs> listen. Not, please. don't just play it on your phone in the palm of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like my hand. This is awful. And so I, I get the urge to, because y- you want to control the experience. I mean, You've already gone through so many steps of controlling it up to that point of deciding what the, is in the experience <laughs> that it's tempting to want to go completely whole hog and say, I'm going to strap you to this chair. I'm going to don't move your head. <laughs> this is the sweet spot in the cone of audio and don't look away. And like you can get abusive, yeah. but that's the urge. Just like I already put so much effort into controlling this and now you're ruining it. You get the last mile and you're ruining it. Yeah. I guess as, as some 
someone who hasn't really produced anything artistically, it's difficult for me to relate to, like, controlling so much of the process, but then not the last. Well, imagine you made bit. large, like, wall sized paintings and people. 90% of the people only experienced it through crappy Instagram filtered photos. Yeah. And you just kind of like, stop sepia toning my shit. Please. <laughs> Do you think one of the bad side effects of this is that artists of any kind become aware of how their content is being consumed and then they start playing to that? I mean, there's no way that stage didn't change when it became movies, and then movies didn't change when it became television. Like, TV shows and movies are very different things, and I presume it's because they started playing to that last mile, you know? You could make a television show that was exactly like a movie, Sherlock, or uh, I think yeah. True Detective is kind of the same. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> but I wouldn't want every TV show to be like that. I can't. I don't want Seinfeld to be ninety minutes. <laughs> exactly. Like I, Seinfeld is great for being Seinfeld, but I also don't want to watch a three-hour Seinfeld movie. I just want like a twenty-two-minute, like boom, Seinfeld. Done. Have you liked any of the Simpsons movies? Movies. Simpsons movie, I guess. Okay, I was going to say, is there, could there possibly be ones I didn't know about? There's lots of Family Guy movies. There's one yes. Simpsons movie. No, I did like the Simpsons movie, and I like the Family Guy movies. But the Simpsons movie came... For, I'm a huge Simpsons fan, and they came dangerously close to just making a 90-minute episode. They did do a little more than they could have done... A 10-hour, 90-minute episode. Yeah. They did do a little more than they could have done in one episode... And Family Guy has actually been very careful to make their movies have, like, a little bit deeper or more interesting story than they could do in three 30-minute episodes. So, you know, they're still aware, like, oh, this can't just be Mm -hmm. a really long episode because then we will lose people. We have to actually make it deeper and, and like, a richer world. We must go deeper. (laughs) So... Kind of tying into the the four inch screen thing, do you think? What about the opposite? Like, I I joked about like what screen is then big enough? Like, so do you actually go to movies? Do you go to movie theaters? I do go to theaters because I they're overpriced. Whatever, most movies aren't worth it. But I just I love being in the theater, and you can you can it's getting to the point where you can create a lot of that at home, but. Not not a good theater, like a really good theater. <laughs> so you, is great. for you, it's like the whole experience. Yeah. It's not just the big screen and loudspeakers. Yeah, which sometimes are too loud, but <laughs> that's very true. Um, Cloverfield, I, man, that movie was mixed like all the way. Never up. see Transformers in theaters, but oh, <laughs> headache. Just never see about Transformers. It. That sentence is over right <laughs> just, there. But, um, yeah, I love theater experiences, and I probably. I mean, I should be, if I were more frugal, it would be like only like the new Spielberg or the new, um, you know, the, the, new the big movie. movie that comes out every couple of years that's like so worth seeing in theaters <laughs> should be the only stuff I go to. But I probably go to 10, 15 movies a year in theaters. All right. So at least one a month. I mean, probably on, on, on average. average. There, it's yeah, because like the summer Christmas, you see like four. Right. And then, so that's, huh? That's interesting to me because I'm with you on the theater experience. I cannot get past the cost. The cost of going to see, and it's totally out of the question now because I have an infant at home. But, <laughs> but long before I had an infant at home, I had already been like, no, movies are too expensive. Now I have made plenty of exceptions, but as the TV in my house has gotten bigger. And the theater experience has gotten cheapened. I've I'm shifting more. Theaters know this. Have you seen those theater ads that are like it starts out with this big war scene and it shrinks down to a TV and it's like you can't experience this on a TV. And I'm like, are you really self conscious theater? Are you really worried? Yeah, you got a sock in the front of your (laughs) jeans there. Like, no man, you're gonna come in here and check out my big screen and my big speakers. It and I mean I'm. I'm in kind of a weird place where I'm very aware of the difference between 
you know, Kobe beef and a McDonald's hamburger. <laughs> but sometimes I'm just like, you know, I, I could do a McDonald's hamburger. That's fine. Right. <laughs> and I mean, I don't think the extremes are quite that dramatic. Like a theater, the average theater experience is a lot of screaming schmucks who won't shut the hell up for a single okay, second. So that's one thing. I a never go opening phone. weekend okay. on blockbuster yeah. movies. <laughs> Well, going I mean, a Tuesday two weeks later. Exactly. Yeah. You, Tuesday at like 2.30 in the afternoon. Yeah, that's the way to do it. But I mean, even then, it's just, I like 3D movies. You know, I used to go to a lot of IMAX movies because you got the bigger screen and the richer sound and everything. And just a lot of freaking money. Yeah. Like a lot of money. And, you know, as time went on, like the TV that I had at home, like the picture got sharper, the screen got a little bit bigger. and You can pause it. You can make popcorn that costs you cents on the dollar. <laughs> Which actually, you know, funny you should mention pausing. I try really hard not to do that when I'm at home. And I don't, this is kind of a weird tangent thing, but more than once I have caught myself, because my kitchen and my living room are on two different floors. More than once, I have caught myself running upstairs during a movie or a television show to, like, refill my water, to, like, get something out of the fridge, and sprinting back down the stairs. And I'm like, just just pause it. You can pause it. This is your house. You have full control. But I have, like, I don't know if it's just from a lifetime of not being able to pause things, like, on live TV, but I have this aversion to pausing things it's it's no that'll happen if, if shelby goes to grab something and i pause it on her behalf and she's like don't pause it just let it go yes soon the same thing like no you don't have to pause it and wait for me and i'm like but you're leaving and you're gonna miss it but then if i'm alone and i'm leaving and i'm gonna be responsible to tell you what happened <laughs> exactly but i mean she doesn't care but then if if i'm Alone, and I could totally pause it without having to discuss it with anyone, and only I will stand to benefit. For some reason, I do the sprint up and down the stairs. So it's, it's people are dumb. I am dumb, and I am a person, and people are dumb. That's the conclusion. <laughs> it is. So I, I mean, you. So you. What would be? Could you guess? Like, would you have to have surround sound at home and a sixty-inch television before you would say, like, eh, movie theaters can wait? Would you have to have one of the big red recliner chairs with a cup rest? I think definitely as my home environment gets better, that it'll be more of a conflict of I can find plenty of great movies to watch at home, or I could pay twenty dollars for that one. Yeah. Well, it's not the new Christopher Nolan movie, so no, I'm not going to the theater. Is there a social thing at all for you? Like, no, do you, I don't think going to movies is very social at all. But I, I mean more like the the vibe you get at being at a live sporting event. Like, I don't know any of the people no, around I me. No, I hate but it when all... people are cheering and hooting and hollering and okay. cackling. So Unless it's a, I mean, I guess if it's a comedy, maybe that adds to the experience. So but, basically, as soon as you have a nice enough TV, theaters are dead to you. <laughs> if I decide to invest in that, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I kind of, I mean, I have fond memories of being in college and going to see, like, the new Pirates of the Caribbean and, like, Superman Returns came out when I was in college. And, you know, we went to, like, midnight shows as a group and, like, you wait in line. And so there's, even though you sit quietly during the movie and I want everyone in the theater to shut the hell up so I can watch the movie, but you have, like... You, I feel like that's also, like, a late teenage, early 20s, it, it is. like... yeah thing that when you get in your late 20s and in your 30s you're like oh they're gonna be late i hate that yeah. who oh, we have to pick them up they're all saying maybe yeah and just all the things that are like you put up with when you're younger and want lots of friends <laughs> older you're just like i you know i got time for that shit i'm gonna go on my own terms or i'm gonna stay home yeah you're probably right that is so that's probably one of those things I have really fond memories of and would hate now. <laughs> like, if I actually did it, I would just the, the whole time, I'd just be like... Oh, that man. one friend to drag their ass over. Yeah. Uh, you're just making me tired thinking about it. People make you miss not just trailers, but even the beginning of the movie. Oh, like, uh, no. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but when I saw um, The Dark Knight... Because that was a midnight show, and a bunch of us got together. We're all big nerds. So it was like, gotta go see the superhero movie, midnight show. And we're in there, and the Joker gets knocked down. You think Gordon's dead, and then the, the SWAT guy 
has like his foot on Joker's neck and he's got the gun pointed at him and then he pulls off the mask and you see holy shit Gordon's actually alive the crowd went nuts <laughs> and he says something <laughs> and, <laughs> and you I, don't get to hear it I did not get to hear it and that really yeah, I hate that. Took me out of the moment. I was now, like, now I'm very aware that I'm watching a movie because it would be weird for me and these 400 people to be standing on the street <laughs> corner watching this happen. So it was like, it, it not only was it personally frustrating, but it did actually dampen the experience. And to me, that's actually a strike against the theater. Yeah. Definitely, because that 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 whole thing is just the economy of selling the movie. They have to pack hundreds of people in. Sure. And they'll pretend it's for the experience, and yeah, for select films and genres, it is a group experience. But I think it's, if they could sell individual viewings of <laughs> full theater experiences, practically, they probably would. Oh, you know what that means. VR helmet. <laughs> if it's high-res enough. Yeah, I mean, think about this. You go into a big room... You but put, I want to feel like I'm wearing something. <laughs> so it could be on a rig so that you don't feel the weight. But, I mean, this is logistics, Mike. <laughs> Big picture stuff right now. So so you got, you know, the visor. So it's it looks great. You have speakers, you know, right up to your ears. Headphones, you might call them. Then, <laughs> <laughs> <so> that, <laughs> These speakers, they put really close to your ears. Right up. So then, you know, you have a perfect distribution of sound. You you got the 3D thing where, you know, a truck drives by and sounds like it's going past. That would be awesome. Like, that I would pay $15 for. <laughs> or eventually I'd probably just buy one and have it in my house. Yep. And then, <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I'm struggling to think of a reason to leave the house. Well, now i got to find the article because Christopher Nolan talked about the future of theater, or not theater, the future of movie theaters. Okay. And he he doesn't think they're going away, but he recognizes it's changing and people aren't going to be willing to go out for as wide a variety of films. It's going to have to be more of a spectacle, more of an experience. Uh, oh. But he, he, he had some interesting comments about it. He, he, loved, he loves the theater. He loves making movies that people want to go to theaters to see. Yeah. And I'd say his films are pretty great in they, theaters. They are, yeah. So here's a weird thing I just thought of. Have you ever noticed in movies that are period pieces about the early 1900s, like when movie theaters were new, that people in the... And I don't know how accurately this reflects life, but people in movie theaters in the 20s and 30s are always shown to be treating the movie like it's a play. Like, they make a point of laughing uproariously, and they clap, and they cheer, like as if the people on the screen could hear them. Whereas now, and for our entire lives, that's been considered, like, very rude. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to watch. Can you not applaud for the flat screen with the projection for on comic it. comic book movies that people still cheer. They do. Yeah. Which is annoying. But I, I've, I've been at movies where uh, people cheered, or not comic book movies, where people cheered or they're laughing way too hard. Like, they want the actors to know they appreciate them. Because, I mean, you laugh differently when it's a social cue and you expect other people to respond to your laughter. And I get that. But When you're at Jimmy Fallon live, yeah. it's different. Yeah, and the <laughs> The laughter sign's going off, and everybody's laughing, and he's waiting for you to laugh like there's a pause, you know, and he's going to wait. That's different than a movie. It's just, <laughs> it's weird. Like, Until we I wonder, have digital movies that can react to the audience. No. <laughs> the, that's just called stage theater. Like, that's you, you just go see a stage play with live people. But So when do you think that split happened? Or, or was it never really acceptable, and that's just something for the movies? <laughs> Are any of our listeners in their 90s? Any of our listeners <laughs> love yelling and clapping at theaters, and why do you want me to hate you? Yes. I mean, there have been times where I've like pointed and laughed, and I'm like, yes, that character just did that thing. Yes, he did. And but well, I like that after are, that those movie. Those are few. Yeah. Or after that movie trailer of the movie that looks so bad, I, you know, <laughs> every once in a while I'll call out, like, God save us all from that. <laughs> But yeah, but that's 
even then you're waiting until the trailer's over. There's yeah, a pause. True. You're not talking over anything. You may still be irritating people that you talked, but you're at least not talking over. Okay, something. here's an exception to crowd making any noise at all <laughs> being automatically bad. Okay, is uh, when you go see a movie. Maybe it's a movie you thought would be good. Whatever reason you're in the theater, it's terrible. <laughs> and the crowd turns against it. So everyone agrees it's terrible. Yeah, that can be a communal win for cat calling a movie or whatever. Yeah, I've definitely had that experience. Because you're just MSC3K in the movie now yeah. together. Yeah, I've definitely had that experience small scale. Like, a bunch of friends decide to watch a movie, and like an hour in, you all silently agree it's crap, and you start just ripping it to shreds. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had that happen in a public theater, but now I want it to happen because it sounds like fun. <laughs> or to me, it's like every comic book movie, or especially it's a comic book movie sin, is villain says snarky line early in the movie. Hero will say it back to them at the end of the movie yeah. when the tables have turned. It's a very and, action movie trope. And I can't stand that. <laughs> <laughs> is that on your list of unacceptable... It's it's obnoxious. We should bring my brother back on to talk about all these, but hate that one. And so, if someone had a snarky line to yell after it, I would be okay with that because yeah. I already hate that. <laughs> I'm already mad at you. you. Might as well take me out of the experience. You, the one I'm thinking of right now is: uh, you either live long enough to, you either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And, like, the second you said villain says it and then the hero echoes it back, I was like, that happens in the Dark Knight. <laughs> or that's the cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—cliché—
for what constitutes real listenable. Like, have you ever heard an album that you were like, I heard that once. I am now done. Yeah, sure. Okay. Because to me, that would I would constitute that as bad music. Like, an yeah. album I only wanted to listen to exactly once, I would say it was a but, bad album. But that doesn't but movie, mean it's a bad movie. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Movie you could see once and just be like, good, I have seen that. Yeah, well, I mean, music is meant to be repeated. It's, well, maybe that some people would dispute that. But to me, it, it's, it tolerates that so much more. And a movie, your first experience is, tends to be... No, I'm going to contradict myself. <laughs> great movies get better with more viewings. Because you notice more stuff. Just like great music is great with more listens. Yeah. Man, we're all over the place <laughs> on our opinion about this. Maybe it's just the, the cost of entry because a song is usually three minutes. So True. You'll check and it out way more. Yeah, you might buy an album that you only listen start to finish once or twice but you listen to songs you like over and over you'd probably not fire up Blade Runner just to watch the Tears in the Rain That's like scene. once a year yeah. kind of movie but I mean even so like I love um, Last Crusade Indiana Jones but I would not just watch five minutes you don't of have it. a playlist on your phone that you listen to yeah, as you do your morning workout exactly <laughs> we gotta shuffle some Indiana Jones this morning and yet Saying that out loud, I would not be surprised to find out that there are teenagers and preteens right now who do exactly what I just described on YouTube. They have clips from movies they love, and they just have like a playlist of those clips, and they watch them divorced from the movie. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that's like, that's how we're going to ingest this content going forward, but I bet there are people who do that. Like, and maybe it's like a multitasking thing, like they're doing something else and they just like having these awesome yeah. scenes going. Yeah. A friend of mine used to uh, have to make these long drives like two or three times a month. I mean like four or five, six hour drives. So he would put several of his favorite comedy movies onto his iPod. And I mean, there was a little tiny screen, but then he had it face down in the passenger seat connected to his car stereo and he would just listen to the audio. Because, like, he knew the movie so well. He's like, I can imagine their faces and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And really, 90% of that comedy, because it was all, like, old Kevin Smith stuff. It was like, 90% of the comedy is all in what you're hearing. You don't really have to see yeah. Dante's face to get it. So, he was like, I can quote Clerks literally cover to cover. Because I have heard it a hundred times. I've only seen it, like, three times. But, I, I don't know. Like, it's a movie... There's like a way you're supposed to ingest it and a way you're not. And Mm -hmm. with music, you have a little more freedom, I guess. The form factor, the the format lends itself to repeating way better. But I, I, yeah, scenes and movies, the remix culture is going to change that for film. Or maybe it already has. I wonder, um, do you ever watch The Guild? No, but that's the. Yeah, Felicia Days. And, um,. Dr. Horrible was also like a web series yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely saw that. Yeah, so Dr. Horrible was strung together very coherently. Like, if you didn't know that they were webisodes or whatever you call it, you would watch it and think that it was designed as one coherent project. Whereas The Guild, which I think I've only seen chunks of it, but there's a really clear start-stop to every episode. So when you watch it like on Netflix and it just they're all like laced together, you know exactly when an episode ended and when another's beginning because there's like a an eye catch and a little musical interlude. So it's like super obvious that they are meant to be viewed in 3-minute chunks and it's a little tiring. And do they, is it really even continuous? It's more like these characters are constant. Oh no, it's continuous. Oh okay. Yeah, no, that's the thing is if you took those eye catches out, you could probably make it feel more Which like Netflix a is starting story. to do. They are. They are. <laughs> yeah, actually screwed up sometimes cuz I've had shows where they stop putting the intro and it starts the next episode in the middle of the episode like yeah. 30 seconds in. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, every once in a while it screws up. It works really well with uh, like serialized cartoons. If you watch, like, anime or The Simpsons or whatever, because the opening is, like, predictable length. There's never anything. They need to do that with House of Cards, because that is as beautiful as that photography is. Uh, It's, like, two minutes. It is. Which reminds me of one of the things I keep meaning to do, and I'll wait till the next season comes out, is I was playing around with... 
every time that theme comes on, the, the House of Cards theme, I just imagine some like glorious diva voice like singing. And of course, the only words would be like, it's a House of Cards, be, like really, really obnoxiously on the nose. So you're going to record terrible lyrics to go Yeah, over like really bad on the nose, like literal <laughs> lyrics about Houses of Cards. And it'd be like, you know, like a bad Bond That's intro, exactly what so. I was thinking, yeah. Oh. And so I keep meaning, to, I tried to do it and I didn't get it done and then it was by then all the buzz had passed for season two. Oh, so you, you have to strike from the irons <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta post your really stupid video when everyone cares about house of cards so now the main question is are you going to find a talented lady singer or are you no i think it's better falsetto? if it's bad horrible falsetto okay i'm excited for this <laughs> So I guess Come I, on, uh, Kevin Spacey. Guess I have out. to do that now. <laughs> you do. You've committed to it. This is an ironclad contract. <laughs> so I think there was actually something on the rundown that we don't have time to talk about, but I want to talk about the permission communication channels thing because I think that's like an interesting tech thing. So here's like a teaser for the next time we talk about this. Uh, and I kind of want to know people's opinions, but like, these communication channels, like we have really different feelings toward like texting versus email and stuff. And I'm not going to let you get away with this because it got lost in the rundown of like music and, yeah. and movies. And that's okay because it's coming back. I can <laughs> copy paste. Is this the whole, like the picture I posted of like no Wi Fi, talk to people, pretend it's yes. 1996. That was funny. Call your mom. Yes. We need to <laughs> put that into the show notes because okay. the, the, Ad reducto absurdium <laughs> in play there. Was I love just, my scroll. <laughs> it's just so excellent. Um, yeah, so Mike, where can people find you on the internet? Find me on Twitter at mEdwardsMusic or online at pseudomichael.com. One day he'll get that straightened out. <laughs> but it is not this day. It is not this day. <laughs> and you. People can find me at Lines in Beta on Twitter, linesinbeta.com, or plus David Lines on Google. And, uh, I, you know, I looked. I was all excited because now that they dropped the real name thing on Google+, Plus, I was like, oh, I can use my, like, little brand thing. Mm-hmm. Cannot change your vanity URL. Set in stone. <laughs> yep. So I could change my display name to whatever I want. I could make my name Crap Bag, like in that old episode <laughs> of Friends. First name Crap, last name Bag. But I cannot change my vanity URL. So It's a shame. The best laid plans. Yeah. What and- about these awesome show notes yeah so check out our show notes at flippingtablespodcast.com slash zero two four and we're also on youtube now so if you search for flipping tables podcast on youtube some people apparently use youtube as a radio which i've known for music but i apparently podcast also now we're yeah yeah it's um this was one of those things that because i'm i'm not old we are not old we will be old one day right now we are not that old and this was one of those things that made me feel old because I actually caught myself saying, well, a lot of kids use YouTube that way, like as if they were a separate yeah. group of people. Oh, <laughs> yeah, is, is YouTube still less than 10 years old? Uh, it's close. It's about 10 years old. Let's see. Quick Google food. I think it was like 0405. 2005, yes! It's still less than, <laughs> it's not double digits yet. Next year, man. Yeah, February 14th, so it's coming up pretty soon. <laughs> That's one of those things is YouTube has always been younger than you think it is. Pretty yeah. soon it's going to be, no, that thing's old. <laughs> yeah, you remember what you watched videos on before YouTube? I don't. Random ass websites that didn't play videos yeah. very well. E-bombs world? <laughs> yeah. Totally E-bombs world. G.I. Joe PSAs at E-bombs world. <laughs> oh, man. I See, now there is an excellent example of something where I would just queue up a YouTube playlist of all of those and just watch them rapid fire. I don't care if they're meant to be taken separately. I would just watch the whole playlist. Who wants a body massage? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay. So, I think feedback for this episode, I think we need, um, you know, do you go to movie theaters? You know, do you watch movies on your phone? Are you a yuppie about 3D movies? Or do you And how are you, now that, now that we have all these different options, how do you listen to us? What Are, what, are you going to start using YouTube? Yeah, I'll be... Do you actually subscribe to, to the podcast? Yeah, I'm I'm impressed and happy as a technologist with how many people still use RSS. Because a, a couple of our listeners did actually reach out to me and were like, hey, 
your RSS feed didn't update this past week, you know, when we had to do the, the switch. So what's up with that? And my immediate reaction was like, oh, no, I'm sorry it didn't work. But then very shortly after that, I was like, yay, people still use RSS. Yeah. Because, like, it's a good technology. Like, we should keep using it. It serves a very real purpose. Real simple syndication. Mm-hmm. It's why we have it. So anyway. Except for Adam. Get out of here. <laughs> Nobody likes your style. <laughs> All right. That's it. We're out. Bye.